Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Remake Rewind. I'm Mike, as always. I've got my buddy Alex. How you doing, bud? I'm good. I'm just trying to unpin myself from the goddamn screen on here on our video chat. Yeah, this is weird. We, unfortunately, for whatever reason, the video chat that we normally use um, was not working on my end. It completely, like, bricked my computer for 10 minutes. So we're trying a different thing. So forgive us if uh, we're not our usual energetic and happy selves because we're we're using technology that we're not used to we're sloth like and depressed today yes but this is remake rewind what we do is we talk about a movie it's remake or reboot and just kind of talk about not necessarily which is better but uh, whether or not the remake or reboot has merit or if it should have happened and uh we were very fortunate to see an early screening of resident evil last night so we're going to be talking about the 2002 Resident Evil, and I apologize, I said the title wrong, it's Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, which is a bit of a mouthful. But uh, we saw it last night, and now we're ready to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, but first, we're going to talk about the original Resident Evil. So going back to this one, 2002, this was huge. I was in uh, eighth grade when this came out, and I, I saw it when it came out. All my friends saw it. Um, this was right around the time the remake of the first game came out on GameCube, Um and, you know, this was kind of like, I, I don't know if this you would say that the it was the height of the franchise, because the franchise is still going and making AAA games. But I loved this movie when it came out, and I loved the second one, and I, I'm pretty sure I've seen all the movies, but I, I think after the third one, every other movie, I said, I'm not going to watch this one. <laughs> and then I always end up watching it, because I love going to the movies, and I watched these movies, even though I hated them after the third one. Yeah, I feel like especially for the age that we were, it was very easy to watch the first few. And I don't think that, you know, the uh, speaking, speaking from a society standpoint, I don't think that the, the accepted drop in quality really happened until like the third or fourth movie. So it was enough to get you invested. And I think you and I are very similar. We're like, if we're moderately or like at, we'll stick out a franchise just to finish. Yeah, if it. we're in any way invested in this or we were in the past, we'll just watch it begrudgingly and so we watched um funny enough so we you and i've been doing this podcast together for about a year and a half now and this is the first time we actually watched something together because we started just before the pandemic it was weird i hated it (laughs) you almost got us in a fight at the theater (laughs) that'll be uh we'll save that for the what you've been up to bud starting fights yeah yeah but uh no you're right like i Honestly, I cannot remember. Like, I was going through the IMDb and looking at each of the movies. And I remember, like, once you got into, like, I know Joe Valentine is in the second one. Um, but, like, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth movies, I know each one they add, like, a major character like Leon or Claire Redfield or um, Chris Redfield. But, and Ada Wong, I think, pops up at some point. But I honestly don't remember any of the movies from the third one on. And the third yeah. one, I just remember that was the most popular apocalyptic one like in the desert wasteland i pretty vividly remember the first two obviously the first one we just rewatched. remind me what happens in the second one so the second one is with jill valentine is getting and and the other star agents no that she's claire redfield it's um sienna miller no sienna gullery sienna gullery so she's um getting chased and some of the other star agents are getting chased by the nemesis which is one of the characters from this one at the end he turns into the they're like, put him in the nemesis program in the original movie. And then Mila Jovovich shows up and like saves everybody. And then like they just try to escape from Raccoon City before it blows up. Yeah. So that's that's the second one. And they have the nemesis going after him. Word, word. Yeah, I so, I, I think I've seen all of them, but I don't remember um, 
Actually, you know what? I haven't seen all of them because the last one I just sort of fast forwarded through to see what happens. So, I but think I don't remember anything there was from the like the final one. chapter, and then like wasn't there a movie after the final chapter? I can't remember. So it's like the final chapter and then Retribution. I think it went. I mean, that sounds about right. It's sh- it's fucking nonsense. And like we should kn- Paul W S Anderson. Right did most of these movies. He didn't do all of them. I don't think he did the second one or the third one. And then he came back, but But that franchise really is his baby. And like, I kind of begrudgingly, not begrudging. I kind of like respect, uh, Jovovich and Paul W. Anderson and just like this, uh, franchise as a whole for, I don't know, being this weird thing that exists for 15 years outside of like blockbuster filmmaking like it was his own thing and had its own fans and i don't know if it was good or not but like people genuinely like it and it sort of justified its own existence i don't know if anybody actually liked the ones after i think they made just enough money to exist and i think it was mostly just people being like well i guess i'll see this but like paul ws anderson is interesting because he makes like he did the first mortal Kombat. goddamn right he did which you know we covered um event horizon which is fantastic And then the the remake of Death Race in 2008, which I actually think is a pretty solid movie. Um, but then he also did all these Resident Evil movies. And then he also did the Monster Hunter movie, which apparently isn't very good. And that uh, we actually covered it before your time. But his uh, Three Musketeers, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> also with his wife, Mila Jovovic. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready, ready to get into this one. Was um, Am I summarizing this one or are you summarizing you summarize. this one? All right, so 2002, very loosely based off the first game, but essentially what's going on is a, uh, it's made to look like an unknown person um, releases a virus in uh, the Umbrella Corporation. Um, Mia Jovovich wakes up naked at the beginning of her movies like she does in most of her movies. She starts out naked, ends naked in most of her movies. It's it's a thing. It's her trademark. Um, we could, it's her trademark. But she has amnesia, but she's told quickly by these like soldiers that break into this mansion that uh, she's a security guard for the secret entrance to the Umbrella Hive, which is an underground facility just outside of Raccoon City under this crazy, crazy big mansion, and that they need to go into the Hive and shut down the security system and find out what happened uh, in the uh, facility. And it turns out the virus makes zombies and other monsters and they have to uh get rid of this uh psycho killer security psycho system killer. and survive the zombies kiss, kiss and that's that's pretty much it fa, 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 fa. there's there's twists and there's turns and there's like really really techno metal really headache inducing music yeah um man i you you hit on a few points a bunch of different things that i want to bring up um good Let's discuss them. Yeah. Well, the the let's talk about the techno metal thing. This came out three years after Saw, and I didn't realize it when I was you know a teenager going to see this, but revisiting it. No, this did not come out three years after was Saw. Was it Saw 99? Saw was 2004. Oh, well, excuse me. Well, anyway, then it's not influenced by Saw, but I think it's influenced by a general thing <laughs> happening in horror movies at that point, which is to have like uh, pulsating... Uh, techno music that also has like distorted guitars and shit like just dirty guitar playing. yeah which i think is sort of like you know when nine inch nails and industrial music has sort of reached the mainstream and now we can put it in horror movies and it's not really offensive but it's still like the perception of edginess i think that's yeah we had the new metal because we had you know lincoln park 
Limp Bizkit, you know, kind Rammstein. of just like this dirtier guitar music. Yeah, Rammstein, like just kind of dirty industrial yeah. and metal I think music. The music in this was actually done by um, Marilyn Manson and Marco Beltrami. I think Bel- Beltrami oh, okay. did the Twin Peaks music, I believe. Um, okay, that makes a little sense. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, it was very. Uh, the music is not great in this. Um, and, and I think especially for this property, like it, this kind of music works for like Saw and, uh, and uh, the other like uh, gore porn movies that were sort of happening at this, at this time. Uh, but I think for a, I think there's something that's tonally off about doing that for Resident Evil, where I think it right it's the game and the just the story and the environment are really served better by like a dreadful, creeping gothic score. A tone. Aesthetic. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And. You know, this movie And like it's sorry, funny. just, like, just I, to finish that thought too, like Paul W. S. Anderson is not interested in that in that at all. And that's why this whole franchise is so uh so much his vision. Like he's he's not doing what the games are doing in any way. So I no, guess not if, if you're gonna I mean, abandon it, then go whole hog and have a vision for it. Right. So like the the first movie doesn't have any characters from the game. Any of them. And you have Alice as like the lead. Um, but you know, there's no Wesker, there's no Redfields, there's no Leon Kennedy S. Kennedy. Right. N- none of the characters that we have grown to love over, you know, the last two decades since 1998. Um, the thing that's weird is because the other movies have gotten so bad, like, I don't think it's unfair to say that most of these movies are pretty terrible. I think that's universally accepted. These are bad movies. But because this movie is so much better than the rest of them, I've always kind of looked back on this one like, this one's fun. This one's solid. Um, I expected to go into this like, you know, I eh, it's going to be a 2002 movie. The CGI is going to be a little dated, but it'll be fun. Oh, this was a little bit rougher than I expected. That's funny. I had the opposite experience. I went in with very low expectations and it was a little bit better than I remembered it being. Well, good. But, I'm glad. But like, flawed for I, I, sure. Yeah, like I didn't hate it. Like it didn't feel like, oh God, I got to get through this. I did fall asleep, but I <laughs> yeah, you did. have been traveling. Like I just got back from a week. Who's to say what the cause zone. of falling asleep is? Right. But I fell asleep uh, like right at the middle of the movie. And then I woke up to credits. I'm like, son of a bitch. I got to rewind and watch this. Um, this is neither here nor there. But can we talk about how many actors in this movie look like other actors? Sure. Uh, Eric Mabius looks like Dollar Store uh, David Boreanaz. Which one's that one? Which character? Uh, Eric Mabius is uh, the brother who's like um, trying to infiltrate the company, and then he gets turned. He I gets turned into Nemesis, Nemesis at the end. Nemesis at the end. Okay, uh, so that that character's that's Matt, and he's a police officer, right. and he he but, looks just like David Boreanaz, but a little bit skinnier. Maybe a little. Bit I don't see that at all. I mean, oh, they have this. I've been watching. I've been watching Buffy, an and I completely see it. Okay. Well, you know, um, agree to disagree, but okay. The husband Next the one. husband looks like Dollar Store Hugh Jackman. He's the guy, for, he's the prince in um, A Knight's Tale, who like, he's like, hey, Heath Ledger's cool, and I'm a prince, and that means something, so don't fucking doubt me. That's him. <laughs> yeah, he looks like uh, Hugh Jackman before he bulked up. Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. He kind of looks like the fake Hugh Jackman in The Prestige. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I 150% thought that... Um, the head of the special forces team was Tony Todd. No, for like I know I know it's not, but like for five minutes, I, he he's, he's got like he's in a lot voice. of the CW stuff. He was in um, Arrow, and then he was also in like oh, another DC product. That's interesting because um, what's his name? Robbie Amell is in the the other Resident Evil movie that yeah. we watched. Oh, so he was the Martian Manhunter in Smallville, and then he was like the stepdad in Arrow. So he played like two different roles in um, 
the CW kind of movie TV show stuff. The um, chick that plays like the the tough squad member that survived until the end looks a lot like Letty from Fast and Furious too. That's it a is joke. Letty from Fast Furious. That's a joke. <laughs> Zing. I was surprised to see you her. Know what's funny about I was her? stoked that she showed up. So she apparently is a huge fan of the games mm-hmm. and told her um, agent, like, hey, if you ever hear of a Resident Evil movie being made, like, get me in. That's awesome. And, like, his, the agent did the good job. Yeah. So she she got the role. She was one of my, so, uh, I don't want to say favorite. She was uh, a part of the movie that I liked, that I enjoyed the most. I think she, she was doing what she does best. Yeah, she got a lot of really good lines, like, in the second half, too. Yeah, I mean, she was basically just doing Special Forces Letty, and it's the same character that she played in SWAT. Yeah, well, like she played the same listen, character for a bunch of movies. You don't go see Michelle Rodriguez in a movie because you're looking for uh, dy- dynamism or range. You go because That's you true. enjoy That's seeing fair. her on screen. And family. And family. She feels like she's a part so, of the family now. My family. Um, I, I so we, let's let's get into this movie. Yeah. I. I remember this being, everyone talks about how much this deviates from the games and how it's nothing like the games. But I mean, honestly, it, it it's not too far off from the first game, which starts in a mansion and then you end up in an underground facility. Uh, I don't remember the, the Umbrella Corporation. From the first game at all. I only remember mansion. Oh, maybe that's the second game. That's more the second game. But, you know, it has elements from the first and second game. Like, it's really not that much. Like, this one, honestly kind of works as like a later resident evil game because they've gotten more action heavy i think it works just i think it works fine the way it is except for you know some purists who are going to want it to be exactly like the game until you see what somebody can do when they stick to the game right so which we'll we'll get to um but i remember you know the action being pretty solid in this like obviously the cgi creatures like the um the liquor Mm -hmm. and some you know some of the other stuff wasn't very good but you know some other stuff was pretty solid like the zombies looks pretty good but that's pretty easy to do zombies on a budget um and the the dogs zombies are, look, are easy to fuck pre- up too though so you know credit work yeah do. um so the zombies looked solid the uh the the dogs which you know are a staple of the game looked pretty good and you know it has that famous scene where mia jovovich runs up one wall bounces <laughs> off the other and kicks the dog that was so stupid uh, man all of uh mia jovovich i'm gonna say mia like you mila mila all of mila jovovich is um like they kept on doing like slow motion scenes for her. We were supposed to be like, oh shit, like she's hiding some some latent superhero type abilities. Um, but it was all just like bad slow motion and like not impressive. And she aerobics. trained for three months to do did these not stunts. show at all. So she did all of her stunts except for one. Maybe they should have which had was somebody the else stunt. They did she did all the stunts except for like the scene where they're like hanging on the pipes. Mm-hmm. And there's like the pipe breaks and she has to jump across and her her manager was like, um, there's a lot of like wires hanging and whatnot. It would be really easy to like catch your neck on that and like strangle <laughs> yourself. So get a stunt person for that one. But it turns out like she punched like three actors in this movie doing her own stuff. So it's like maybe she shouldn't have been doing her stunts. Like nobody should be getting punched in the face by Mia Jovovich. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're doing... going to get punched by somebody, maybe. Sure. Um, and apparently, like, all the cuts and scrapes on her face throughout the movie, like, she actually got making the movie. So it's kind of cool. Was she the right person to be doing these stunts? Because she definitely got hurt. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, um, I, on the flip side of that, I kind of appreciate the dedication to to the role and, like, getting into it. I, d- I used to feel that way. And then, um, uh, which actor was it? Um, why can't I think of his name? Tom Cruise. He plays Machete. Danny De- uh, Trejo. Danny Trejo. So he had this really great thing where he's like, I know how much of a badass I am, <laughs> but if I get hurt, 
when I'm starring in something, the movie shuts down and all these people sure. like lose their income. So like I, I used to, th- I think, you know, obviously Tom Cruise is the boss. He produces all his own movies and he does all these crazy stunts. He can also it's afford cool. to stop a movie for six months. And he pays the people right. while he's doing it. Like he, during COVID with the Mission Impossible movies, he paid for everyone's housing yeah. so they can be as safe as possible. So that's a little bit different, but I, I do kind of get it. Yeah, like, you're right. So it depends. It really depends on the actor and what they're, you know, who's paying for the movie and whatnot. But um, getting back to the movie. I thought the, it's, I, go ahead. No, I, I don't have it. I'm go just ahead. kind of shotgunning opinions. Um, yeah. We're talking about like stuff feeling cheap and how you thought the zombies looked good and stuff. And I don't, you know, I, I agree with that, but I felt like all of the, um, the corporate stuff, like before everybody gets killed and just like the interiors of the, um, of the hive all looked really like uh, hokey and cheap. They look like they maybe there was a TV show that was trying to be a sci-fi TV yeah. show that got canceled or didn't get made and they reused the sets. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the gear, like the military gear was not very good. Yeah. Like it just, it looks like cosplay. Which is also interesting because there's um there's a location that we visit twice where the, the liquor is. I don't know what to call it, but they have all the cages that are just freestanding and they have like the, yeah. the environments and stuff um, where they encounter the first zombie. And I thought that that set was fantastic. You know, it's clearly yeah, something so that they built for the movie. No, that that scene was cool. And then like the zombies. And like, honestly, I was kind of impressed with some of the um, the foreshadowing in this movie and, you know, making it look like something was going to happen. And then it didn't. Like there's a scene where Letty's getting Letty. <laughs> Call her Letty. <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez is, um, you know, they're trying to get the train moving or something like that at the beginning of the movie. And she's like underneath and trying to plug in cables and then somebody like pops down and scares her and then you kind of see like a hole in the fence and everything so like you start seeing these things and i thought it did a pretty good job of kind of like setting the mood like as an audience we know something's coming but they don't know what's going on and then like the zombie floating in the water and then it moves after just after the crew yeah like walks around a corner so i thought it actually did a pretty good job of being like nothing's happened yet but it's gonna Mm -hmm. and then um I remember that scene when they're in the hallway and like the lasers. I thought that was such a cool scene when like, you know, first the laser goes, cuts the check's yeah, head off and then they scene. try to jump it and then it moves yeah. and then it turns into a grid. Yeah. Um, I thought that was such a cool scene when I was in middle school, but it, it definitely didn't age as well. Oh, I mean, the CG. Yeah, the CG doesn't look great, but I, I still think that that scene is um, it's fun, fun and though. creative. Like, yeah. One of my notes says that yeah. it holds up. And like the the tension in that scene because like they have their little hacker guy Kaplan and he's just like, I'm going to get it open. I'm going to get it open. And he gets it open literally right as the lasers go through the boss. And he's just like, Oh shit. Like the pacing on that was pretty cool. This movie is like pretty gory. And I feel a little let down that we didn't see the cubed body on the ground, but I feel like that probably would have been very expensive. Very expensive to have a bunch of little cubed meats, yeah, but I liked that human meat. I wanted to see that. It was, I mean, it, I, I I think if you say that this movie did anything well, I do think it was paced very well, and the tension wasn't was, wasn't bad. I think that the weakest point for me is um, one of the kind of the subplots of the movie is there's these defenses and it like puts this gas all over the place, so the people in the mansion um, have amnesia. So you know, Mia Jovovich is Alice, and then like her husband dude have amnesia for most of the movie, and for most of the movie, you know, every time something significant happens. Alice gets a little memory back and it's like painting it like, Oh, she is the person who sabotaged everything mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie. And she's the one who like betrayed the cop guy's sister and caused all the events to happen. And it would be really effective if we didn't see the husband guy doing all the shit at the beginning of the movie. Like you don't see his face, 
but you clearly see a man's body bumping into somebody and a man's chest and arm throw the vial. But then like the movie's trying to make it look like she did it. And it's just like, but clearly she did yeah. it. I, I also really hate the effect that they used for the flashbacks. That, yeah, the kind of the not black and white, kind of bluish. It's not just, yeah, the color, but also um, that like slow motion effect where it's like, uh, it's just like less frames per second. It's not really even slow motion. Yeah. You know? But like that could have been an interesting twist where like throughout the movie, because there's a point where Alice like tells people like, I'm the one who did this. I'm the bad guy. I don't remember doing it, but like, that's not important now. Let's get the fuck out of here. And then like at the exact same time, you know, when they needed a twist, she and the husband guy remember it at exactly the same time. And then he just goes completely bad guy and like fucks them over. And it's just like, that was very convenient. And like, it could have been an interesting twist. They really, if they didn't show us all that stuff at the beginning, yeah. like if they just did a POV shot or something, or you only saw the hands and you can't quite tell, I think that could have been interesting. Yeah. But Well, you know, talking about what this movie could have been, I feel like, um, I had two big notes coming at the end and I felt like this movie would have been better with uh, a better lead. And I like, I like Mila Jovovich. Um, but this is like very early in her career and I don't think she had a whole lot to work with. I think it would have been better with a better actor and a better uh, written character and just like maybe a little bit more emphasis on the story. Um, and definitely a lot less of the like heavy metal industrial bullshit soundtrack. I think it would have been more interesting to focus on the sense of like dread and terror that came from the games and with a little bit more focus on like the gothic aesthetic of the mansion, you know, in the vein of like Crimson Peak, basically just like right. more of it in the mansion rather than this like crazy underground thing. And a little less just over the top action. Like it was just like they were unloading clips yeah. and clips and clips. And like at the very end of the movie, you know, she Michelle Rodriguez is like, oh, we're just about out of ammo. Yeah. It's like, and that's a huge factor in the game where it's just like, you almost don't want to fire your gun. Like every time I play a Resident Evil game and I miss a shot and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And I feel like that should be part of part of the story, right? Like they should be constantly like looking for ammo and trying to find creative ways to dispatch these zombies. Um, and this kind of felt like, you know, we're mixing up timelines here, but I, I just thought of like the raid redemption. Like I think Paul W.S. Anderson would have been so fucking stoked if this movie was more like the raid, just like crazy martial arts action sequences and stuff. And that's just like, not really what I want from a resident evil game, at least based on the first few games. And that's, that's right. where the movies ended up going yeah. with Alice having telekinesis, right. and super strength and kung fu and can jump up in the air yeah. and do matrix style kicks and stuff so um i mean the movie obviously had a cultural relevance like they kept making these like obviously there was diminishing returns and they did the crazy 3d one like at the height of the 3d stuff yeah, that's right um but you know six movies in a franchise where none of them are especially good it's pretty crazy and people yeah there were hardcore fans of this franchise. I'm saying, you like, kind of got to respect it. Kind of. Yeah, to an extent. I, I, I do agree. Yeah. And they fucking tricked me into watching six or seven of these movies. And honestly, after the third one, every single time, I'm like, I will not watch another one of these movies. And then some f Thursday evening, Mike was bored <laughs> and decides to go to a movie. And this is the only thing that's playing. And that's what I did, went and saw. So There's they got my money. And this yeah. was before AMC A-List. This was before Movie Pass. So they got my, there's, you know, there's something to, 10 to $15 There's something to that, time. being able to get people to go see movies that they uh, consciously don't think that they want to see. And every time I watched them, I'm like, why did I pay to watch yeah. this? I did not enjoy yeah. this. 
and then I do it again. And then, like, by the end of the series, like, you start seeing, like, you get Leon, you get the Redfields, you get, you know, Wesker, and, like, they're all, like, second fiddle to Alice, like, people who lead multiple games. Like, you've had multiple games with Leon as the, um, the protagonist, and multiple ones as Chris as the protagonist, and they're just, like, second fiddle to her. It's just super weird and kind of disrespectful to the games, yeah. but whatever. I, um, now that we've talked about it, though, I low-key want to go back and watch the other movies, which is exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> I know I was having the same kind of think thought too, but I don't want to, I travel a lot. So like I could technically, I have enough time to do it because I'm on planes all the damn time. But do I really want to put myself through that? I don't know. Call in and let us know if we should watch the rest of the movies. Maybe if people want us to talk about them, we can watch the other ones and do. Like we did Fast and the Furious. Yeah, but maybe like just a couple episodes to cover, like one episode will cover two movies or something. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Write in or call in if you want to hear it. What have you been up to, bud? I have a suggestion for this section. You can leave this in. All right. Uh, what would you think about going back and forth? Like, I'll say something that I watched or did, and then you do one. We could do that. It's just sometimes we get in a conversation. But yeah, let's, we, yeah. sometimes it's just easy to shotgun it. But let's try it this one. Yeah, I don't know. I think I feel like ping-ponging might actually keep the momentum going. Let's try it. Let's do uh, it. I saw Eternals. I know you did, too. I saw Eternals as well, and the more we, we were going to do a bonus episode, but we, you, you had some stuff that came up that was more pressing, yeah. and it's totally fine. We'll make it up at some point. We'll do. We'll probably have to do two next month because uh, I don't think we're going to get a bonus episode out this month. But uh, you know, the more we talked about it, the less we liked yeah, it. Yeah, my, my reaction was kind of like meh. I my reaction was meh when I came out, and then I started thinking about it more, <laughs> and I started coming like everything started to fall apart as I thought about it more. Yeah. Um. It's going to be interesting to see where this ends up in uh, people's re- power rankings of Marvel movies. I think it's I think it's, it's solidly dead last for me. I think it's solidly at the bottom. I don't know if it's below Thor: The Dark World. So I watched Thor: The Dark World a few weeks ago, and I thought it was better than I remember it. I think that for me, this is below Thor: The Dark wow. World. I think this is my bottom Marvel movie. That sucks, man. All right, you go. Uh, so I've been traveling a lot. Um, had a lot of time. So I actually, I mentioned I was watching the Daredevil show not too long ago. I watched the first two seasons, Punisher's in the second season. So I want, and I love John Barenthal. So I decided to go back and I watched the both seasons of the Punisher nice. and it holds up. And I really hope the rumors of him coming back to the MCU are true. I think it's, uh, I think it's gotta be. I think he's one of the uh, most beloved and well-received characters that like hasn't really been in a movie yet. And he's such an underrated actor. Like he's I saw, fantastic. like he looked, I saw a trailer for, um, um king richard which is the uh serena and venus williams mm-hmm. movie and he plays a coach in it and he's just like he's playing like out of character he's super likable and i was just like fuck this guy's great i really want to i want to watch that movie for him yeah. not will smith yeah yeah he, he's fantastic um back to me yep uh bench warmers <laughs> <sighs> that movie so i'm 12 yeah i i like Similar like that and like Zohan, like and a few other movies like that sort of hold a special place in my heart or held. And I've, you know, gone back and rewatched some of those things in my thirties and been like, Oh yeah, this is uh I, I understand why this was special to me at one point. Doesn't really hold up. There's still like yeah, some there's you. still some genuinely funny stuff. Like Dave Matthews being yeah. a white supremacist and uh threatening to kill a cage full of uh puppies. It's still pretty funny. Like there's certain movies, like some of the Will Ferrell movies, I've gone back to it. I'm like, ooh, these are rough. Yeah. And so, like, I'm getting to a point where I almost don't want to go back to these old gems that I watched a thousand times yeah. when I was in my teens and early twenties because, yeah. like, I don't want to ruin them. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I watched uh, Big Mouth season five. Oh, wow. Because once again, I've been traveling. Is that the one where he says you fucking Brussels sprout? I don't oh, remember. Okay. It Honestly, I don't even like the show that much, but it's just like, it's something I can throw on. They're only like yeah. 22 minutes yeah. and it's just easy. I did really like the finale because Nick Kroll came in in live action and was talking to his animated self. And like that interaction <laughs> was really funny and like they even commented like one of the mon- like the one of the monsters sounds like will arnett but it's actually nick kroll uh-huh. and they're like oh we thought you were w- will arnett and he's like yeah sometimes i do too it's pretty funny <laughs> well speaking of nick kroll i watched a movie called adult beginners from 2014 it's uh, written by nick kroll and i think produced by the duplass brothers okay. yeah, it's pretty good him and rose Byrne and bobby cannavale who uh i think is i like yeah, i think he's fantastic on it I think he... Um, he always puts in a good performance. Yeah, he's kind of underrated. I thought he was really good in that um, HBO show Vinyl, too, and it didn't get a second season. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's fantastic. Oh, I also... Um, I'm just going to... I was going to say, speaking... Oh, go yeah, I'm trying to shotgun a few. Speaking of uh, uh, Will Ferrell, I watched Blades of Glory, too. Holds up better than the Benchwarmers. Oh, that's yeah. good. Um, So I'm just going to put these two together because they're both Netflix movies. They're both not very good. Um. But they were kind of fun. Uh, I watched Red Notice, yep, and uh, which I know you watched. The last two episodes that we've done and during the what, a, what Have You Been Up To? But I almost said I didn't watch Army of Thieves because um, I didn't have a really plan on watching it. But I it was one of the things that was available for download. So I just watched it on the plane on my way home from Orlando. And it's it's not good. It wasn't very good. And it was just it's, like a lot of just Isn't it not even the about safe. zombies? No, so like the only way it links to Army of the Dead, obviously, right, besides having the character, is that they go, um, somebody recruits him to crack the safes, and they're like, now's the perfect time to do it because the zombie outbreak in Las Vegas is happening, and the news is covering that. Nobody's even looking at other crimes. There's an like an Interpol agent who is like, oh yeah, this group of bad guys that I've been tracking, they're totally gonna do a heist right now while the zombie things are going. And so it's just like, I'm. It was such a tentative, like just a loose thread. I'm it was painfully not interested in that. Yeah, no, it wasn't very good. The only other reason I watched it was um, uh, Natalie Emanuel was in it from you know Game of Thrones and the Fast and Furious movies, and I think she's incredible. I love her, so I watched it for her. Word. And uh, it wasn't worth it. Red Notice, I think we were, we both really enjoyed though. It was stupid and it was bad, but it was fun. Yeah, it, it's weird. Like, it felt like it was a prequel to itself. That's exactly what it feels like, and like the issue I'll watch I another one with though. It, like I'll, I will happily watch. I will watch one. another one if it comes out. The the only thing I didn't like about it, like I thought the action was really good. Like, and there was some creative action with like that scaffolding escape fight. Yeah, it was very Jackie um, Chan. Actually, it was more. It was a more impressive scaffold fight than in um, um, Shang Chi. Mm. Uh, I actually liked it more than that. But Ryan Reynolds, he's capable of being a good actor. He is very good in a lot of he things. He surprised me with like, and, sorry, he like surprised me with like 30 seconds in this movie where I was like, oh, he's showing some range. And then he immediately undercut it. He just completely goes back to like every time he had like, he's really good in a Midville horror. He's really good in Smoking Aces. Um, even in um, Deadpool, he has some like moment, like really heavy yeah, moments yeah, in those. Sure. Like he's capable, he's a capable actor, but he just always devo- defaults to Ryan Reynolds. And that's not how anybody talks in real yeah. life, but like, the Ryan Reynolds stick in movies is just like nobody talks like I that. I think once uh I think Deadpool will do one or two more movies and then we'll get a few years like with very little Ryan Reynolds stuff, and then I bet he makes a comeback as a more dramatic actor. I hope so. Because I, I think he's very capable of yeah. it and I like him, but um and then uh, I saw I'm just gonna finish off this yeah. last one. I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife yeah. and I cried. Aww. 
I'm going to see it, uh, I guess, after the holiday now. Excellent. Um, My last two are uh, Psycho Gorman, which was a lot of fun, and Paranormal Activity Next of Kin, which was zero fun. (laughs) Psycho Gorman, you're like the second person to talk about that movie. It's fun. In like the last week. Somebody else I know watched it. Yeah, it reminded me of Greasy Strangler, but like splattery. Nice. All right. Summarize the next one for me, bud. Uh, this is from, I want to give him a shout out, ResidentEvilFandom.com. ResidentEvil.Fandom.com. It's like their, their wiki. Returning to the origins of the massively popular Resident Evil franchise, fan and filmmaker Johannes Roberts brings the games to life for a whole new generation of fans. Once the booming home of pharmaceutical giant Umbrella Corporation, Raccoon City is now a dying Midwestern town. The company's exodus left the city a wasteland with great evil brewing below the surface. Fuck, I was doing so well. When that evil is unleashed, <laughs> the townspeople are forever changed, and a small group of survivors must work together to uncover the truth behind Umbrella and make it through the night. So this, yeah, I guess yeah, so. this movie basically uh, mashes the first two games together um, in a way that sort of creates a new story. It's definitely taking a few liberties with characters and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, also uh, combining the events of the two movies and really focusing on the second or games and really focusing on the second game. But it also is like a very tonally faithful adaptation. And I mean, and there's and a, like, a lot of Easter eggs. too. Yeah. And I mean, they, they're taking some liberties, but I would say 50% of the movie is like note for note things that happen in the games. Well, and they actually got the, um, like the blueprints to, you know, a lot of the locations. So like, the oh, police station looks exactly like the police that, station that really struck me. from the remake yeah. games. Um, and that they're pretty close to the original. They just added rooms and made them larger and made the scaling make more sense. But yeah, they actually used a lot. And the mansion as well. They got blueprints from, from that as well. Um, that was one of their the, one of the things they set out to. They said the remake of the second game was a wonderful cinematic experience with tone, constant darkness and rain and blah, blah, blah. And that's really like specifically the remake of the second game is the tone that they um, chose. And that game is fantastic. I I played that game like three times last summer. Um, I I really enjoyed that. And I, to a lesser extent, I actually really liked the third remake as well. And people don't like that one as much, but I I honestly really liked both of them. Um, I was actually really impressed by this. Like you and I talked about the trailers and I thought they looked, I thought this was going to be just a God awful movie. I'm like, why did they even do this? And I was pleasantly, I've just, I guess we're going to say at the front, I was pleasantly surprised that like how much I enjoyed watching this yeah, movie. I think I might've even been like a, a one notch above pleasantly surprised. Like I had a really good time. And I got to say, as a fan of uh, Carpenter movies, like you can feel the John Carpenter influence in this. And I, I, appreciate I agree. It absolutely. So much. It was so much fun. I, I, I think really my only issue with this is like, I think like if they spent just a little bit more money on a little bit better actors, uh, I don't particularly feel like any of the actors did that great of a job. Like, I don't think they were necessarily terrible. Although I think Robbie Armel is terrible. Um, but he, I've hated him. And he's barely in this, honestly. And it's a good thing because <laughs> I, I can't stand him in anything that I've seen him in, in the past. Um, I just, ugh, I didn't like him. I, I, and I thought that, um, everybody else was fine. Yeah. I think everyone was fine. I think, um, Kaya, uh, this is an Italian name, so I shouldn't fuck it up. Scotelario, uh, Kaya Scotelario, uh, Claire Redfield, uh, did pretty well. You know, she's sort of the, she's sort of the anchor of the movie and I think she held it down. 
I think she was definitely the strongest performance in the movie. I think she was pretty solid. I like my, I like the dude that played Wesker too, uh, Tom Hooper, who's uh, and he's from Game of Thrones and uh, Umbrella Academy. He was yeah. okay. Um, I think he did the best with the dialogue he was given. Like he he wasn't given a lot to work with, but I think he did as much as you could with with what he was given. My biggest disappointment, and like it wasn't because of the casting. A lot of people, there was a lot of controversy around the casting of Jill Valentine and Leon because they white. weren't white, and people threw a fit about it. And the director and the actors and everybody were like, "Well, we're trying to get more of the tone about the character." And Leon is my favorite character in the franchise. And I thought they did him dirty um, because he, you know, he's supposed to be the rookie cop. And but in the game, he's a rookie cop, but he's a badass in, in the game I, that he's in. So he's in Resident Evil 2 and then he's in Resident Evil 4. And he is a badass in both movies or both games. And in this, they made him like he just he was a complete fuck up. Like he fucked up everything in this. I feel like there's more to that character that they're leaving to explore in the second movie. And I think if they get to make a second movie and they get more into Leon. They leave the door open for it. I, I think if they if they deliver on it, um, we'll look back on it and be like, all right, I get it. That was cool. But I, I feel where you're coming from. I just am reserving judgment a little bit. I I would say that's cool if they didn't make this whole thing of we're going to be accurate to the games. And even though he doesn't look like the character, he embodies sure. the spirit of the character. It fucked up your expectations. This was not the spirit of the character. Yeah. Like Leon is brave and he's a badass and but he's you know he's kind of quiet like he's reserved not this like yeah i'm surprised i'm survived too guys <laughs> he's got a couple hey chief i'm not in charge why where are you going chief he's got a couple scenes like, in the movie where he like unloads the whole clip into the zombie and like screaming and stuff and then at the end yeah. where he fires the rocket launcher that i felt like they were trying to imply that he's um and we also don't know anything about his history. So I felt like they were trying to imply right. that he's got some kind of history that we're going to find out about later where we're like, oh, he's you know running from something and he's got this dark past. Or he's a lot more capable than he comes off. And he's like, right. he wakes up in a, you know, um, uh, all hungover and shit at the beginning of the movie. Well, and then he falls asleep yeah, on yeah. the job again and almost gets killed by a flaming zombie. Yeah. So I think, I think there's something else happening there. I'm, I'm all hold but- up judgment. To the movie's credit, like I, I think that is a huge knock against the movie. Like you, you, I think you enjoyed the movie a little bit more than I did, and I enjoyed the movie. Um, but I was rolling my eyes every time he was on screen, and not that because of the actor. Like the actor was good. Like he delivered the lines right, well. That's just what the character. I was, was fine with the movie. look. Like I, I think the actor is totally fine. I just didn't like the characterization. But getting into the things that they did well, like that opening scene where the trucker hits the the zombie, and then the zombie disappears and then comes back. Like was it straight out of the game? And it was great. They even had like to justify the puzzles. Like it would be kind of hard to put puzzles like you have in the right. game in a movie. But the way they got around that was like, oh, this is a secret mansion, and that the eccentric you know billionaire who created the company made. And Wesker's got a Palm Pilot that has a map, <laughs> which palm. you know is a staple of the so game. And then like it has we should, the hints. We should point out that this movie takes place in 1998. Uh, so yeah. Palm Pilot Which is, is kind of the a first funny game came thing. Out. Palm Pilot's kind of a funny thing because he's like, what the fuck is this? I've never seen technology like this before. And to all of us, it's like, that's 25 fucking years old. Yeah. And well, then there's also a point when someone mentions the chat room and someone's like, what the fuck is a yeah. chat room? It's a place on the internet where people talk. I've been like waiting um, for uh, movies to start um, taking place in the 90s and really taking advantage of the lack of cell phones and the weird uh, turnover right. of technology that happened. 
But that was, I, I thought that was funny. But then it also had like all the different, like the heart-shaped key and the winged key from the from the second right, right. game um, was great. And then going to the police station, then going to the orphanage, like it followed, you know, it followed the story pretty close. And, and then it, and had, it didn't feel you know, like it was like paying lip service to the games, I don't think. No, not at all. Like it was just kind of there. Like they, they put it out there and then, uh, God, I always forget his last name, but he's, you know, character actor, Neil McDonough. Yeah, McDonough. Um, Who, he was in it and he was like the creator or the lead scientist and he shows up as like a one of the mini bosses from uh resident evil 2 right. I, I, I thought that was cool was like, guy. yeah and then How, um, on that note though, you're talking about casting and like i neil mcdonough like rubs me the wrong way he's very inconsistent there are times where he's in a movie and i'm like he was really good and then there's times where he's in a movie and i'm like this was really bad like when I found out he was in this movie, I was like, "Ooh, this is probably not a good movie." Yeah, like I don't mind him in um, in a in like Captain America. Uh, He's good as a cameo. Or- yeah, yeah, but there's other stuff where I'm just like, "Oh, I, I don't know." Something about uh, his his uh, cut rate Anthony Michael Hall look like just doesn't work for me. He played a uh, bison in that Chun Li movie too. That's <laughs> like the other Capcom movie he, that he did. He's probably uh, a great guy, and like, there's going to be some time in the future where I'm I get an opportunity to work with him, and he hears about this. I don't think this. he's a bad person. He's going to he's going to hear this podcast and be like, "I'll oh, fuck this guy." He he does a lot of roles. He's working consistently. Good for mm-hmm. him. Like I just I, I will say he's not great. I, I wasn't stoked on seeing him in this movie, but like he committed. He wanted to be in this movie, and he was having a good time. Yeah, that wig that he was wearing for like the flashback scenes was. <laughs> obviously a wig uh, that was something man um but like the creature doesn't like i i remember watching the trailer and I, was, I thought the liquor looked absolutely terrible but it looked solid in the movie yeah it was like, kind of it, it actually like kind of really a sonic good. situation where they did some work on it yeah the the final boss monster was still a little weird like the design didn't like like it didn't look like something that would exist or mutate out of it like the the skull didn't look like actual yeah. bone um like i i if this movie was delayed like another month or so and Sony wanted to throw like another million dollars at it, I think they could have really polished it up. Um, but, you know, this was another one where like the zombies weren't really zombies. Like some of them were like super dead, like the ones in the mansion because it had been some time. But like the ones in the town were technically still alive, um, which I thought made it kind of creepy. Um, and it was a slow burn. Like you didn't actually see them fight anybody until maybe a good 45 minutes to an hour into the film. Yeah. And that, you know, it was so cool to watch. It was so cool to uh, watch the first one and then have the thought, which is what I said at the end of the last, uh, the last uh, segment is that I want to see a movie that I want to see a Resident Evil movie that focuses more on dread and terror and Gothic aesthetic and um, uh, more suspense than this, like, uh, industrial heavy metal, fucking martial yeah. arts, whatever. And I felt like this movie kind of did exactly that. And then, it, and then it also it added this like um, John Carpenter siege movie element that I didn't even think of that I think works fucking perfectly. Like honestly, the tone and like you know there were a few pretty good jokes in the movie. Um, like I, I thought this was going to be awful. And you know, I think watching this after the 2002 one, I think definitely elevated this one. <laughs> like I. If I didn't watch the 2002 one before this one, I don't know if I would have liked it as much, but I don't think I would have, I still don't think I would have disliked it. Like, I am on board for a sequel. Like, I would watch another one of these. So, I think it did, and not just like begrudgingly, like I did with the original franchise. Like, I kind of want to see where it goes. The director said if he gets to do a sequel, it's going to borrow heavily from Resident Evil 4, which was 
actually the first game in the franchise I played. I started at four, and then I played four, five, six, seven, eight, and then the remakes. Um, so you know, I'm I'm a late comer to the franchise, but uh, four is still probably my favorite game, and it's going to be hard to jump into four with Leon ending the way he did. Like, you know, who's going to trust this guy to go save the president's daughter? I wouldn't, but you know, who knows? Like maybe there's a time jump and he, he builds up. Who cares? We'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, that's, that's not our job to do. So. I hope that they make um, another one. The budget on this was only 25 million and I don't think they spent that much on uh, promotion. So it seems like it's within reach. They didn't have a trailer for this until like a month ago. The first trailer came out like, five or six weeks ago and then the second trailer came out like two weeks after yeah, that and so. i haven't seen all our billboards or anything either no i haven't like in 25 million like they it it looks good for 25 million dollars like yeah there's a few scenes with explosions where the fireballs don't look great and at the end of the movie when the mansion collapses didn't look great but but, but i think in in the tradition of uh carpenter movies and movies that are influenced by carpenter movies you know uh late 80s early 90s um grungy nihilistic action movies as long as you're having fun like it doesn't matter i think you forgive a lot of uh the budget um shortcomings no and and like that's and it didn't look bad like it just didn't look polished like a blockbuster movie we're used to but we talked about shang chi having some wonky cgi at certain points too so you know you really can't complain but i was very pleasantly surprised and uh, I mean, there were a few scenes that were pretty like you and I laughed very, very hard at like the last couple frames of the movie when they're like the explode, like there's like the nuclear explosion destroying the town and that cow Spoilers. goes flying. You and I were fucking dying. I, mean, I, that, I was laughing. on the side of the movie. I enjoyed that. I, I was laughing. I, I was laughing too. at the cow. I wasn't laughing because it looked bad. No, it didn't look bad. Like it actually, the effects looked fine. It was just kind of silly. The, you know, this is a spoiler or whatever, but um, there's a nuclear explosion and you see like the whole thing unfold from, I don't know, two miles away and it like comes towards you and there's a cow in the foreground the entire time. And as the, um, the shockwave <laughs> gets closer, the cow just levitates for like two, three seconds or whatever. And I thought it was such a fucking good touch. It's so clever and it fun. It was so funny. Like it was, it was I a good way it. to end it. And it's just racket. I think unfortunately having the title Resident Evil, welcome to raccoon city. Like it's kind of a goofy title and it's a mouthful. Yeah. I, I re- it should have just been Resident Evil and just do a hard reboot, which is what it is. And like, if you can go Halloween as a sequel to the original Halloween, you know, 40 years later, I think you could have just kept it as Resident Evil. I think Evil. you just answered your own question there, though. I think that the, um, they needed to make more of a point of separating it from the original movies because uh, the brand is just not as powerful as something like Halloween. And they also don't have, not that Halloween has a ton of money behind it, but it's got a good amount. And other reboots right. that kind of keep the name or whatever have way more money for marketing and stuff. Yeah. I, I just, Welcome to Raccoon City. Maybe not the just best. Just sounds cheap. Yeah, maybe not the best one. Yeah. Like maybe just Resident Evil Origins or something like that. That's a pretty safe one to do that a lot of people do or just. Resident Evil uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, Dawn or, you know, or Resident Evil Begins. Umbrella Corporation or something. Like, you know, it could have been anything, yeah. any other subtitle. But Welcome to Raccoon City was a little goofy. Well, they could have done Patient you know, Zero, right? Yeah, it could have been any of that. Um, but on the whole, it was pretty entertaining. The only real thing that I thought was bad was um, when they first get into the mansion and the zombies, like, there's like kind of like a zombie horde and... Um, one of the guys, like one of the soldier guys, immediately goes down fighting like two or three. 
But Robbie Armel, in two different occasions, is like fighting 20 or 30 of them. Like, in the, and there's one point where he's like fighting them in the dark and he's just like using the muzzle fa- fire from his gun to kind of see. And then he's using like a lighter at some point. And I was just like, how is it that he can fight 20 or 30 of these and everybody else goes down fighting he's two? He's very lucky. Yeah. But, you know, that that was probably the weakest element. But um, on the whole, it's pretty pretty entertaining movie. Yeah, real good time. I think if you enjoy the games and you want to see a movie that's a little bit more faithful to the games, and especially if you enjoy uh, The Thing, Halloween, uh, Assault on Precinct 13, uh, The Escape from New York or L.A. movies, if you enjoy Carpenter movies, you're really going to like this. Yeah, be prepared for some camp. It is definitely a little campy, but it's not, it's not bad. Like, I think it set a pretty fun tone. And when it's supposed to be scary, you feel like, I, I don't think I was ever scared in the movie, but like you can get that sense of dread that the, the characters were feeling like it, it was, it was a fun tone, but um, yeah, that's, I, 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 I'm repeating myself at this <laughs> point. So I think we should wrap it yep. up. And, uh, but yeah, I think this is an example of a remake done right. Yeah. Like whether or not it was a perfect movie. No, but it had all the elements. It did something different. It was faithful to the source material um it improved on the you know the original in some some way and it's it it's different it stands on its own so i'd say successful remake yeah yeah i think um you know maybe maybe it's not fair to compare the two movies because they're different but i think this is better than the uh paul ws anderson one no it absolutely is i i i think it's miles ahead in terms of quality but it's also you got 20 years of sure sure hindsight working that's uh, not what we're talking about though we're just watching the two movies saying which one's better yep well generally we don't do that but this time we are (laughs) it's better but uh cool well give us your plugs and we'll 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 end this show yeah i'm on instagram at dyslexic d-y-s alex i-c i'm on twitter at polishi i am on tiktok i want to do something for this one Uh, (laughs) mike is doing uh, a drum roll of sorts a paradiddle maybe um to build up that i now am on tiktok at polishi no longer polishi polishi i got my own although i kind of like that my the own name's name so nice you'd use it twice but now it's just once <laughs> no it's it's much better i but now all the people who've listened to our back catalogs like if we get a new listener like i'm gonna well, go back listen, if you if you search police if you start typing polishi polishi on tiktok then it'll still come up actually it'll come up faster because okay. it's just the one name um Okay. Yeah. But also I'm on Letterboxd, also at Polishi. I just need to get Instagram to switch it over and I'll have a monopoly on Polishi social media. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And uh you can check out everything that is MDX Pods related at MDXPods.com, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at MDX Pods. If you want to support the show, get early access to these episodes, bonus content and whatnot, special shout outs, you can follow um follow us on patreon.com slash MDX Pods. Also, shout out to Dono Logue, who was in this movie and fucking killed it. Yeah, he was pretty fun in this movie. We didn't movie. mention like, him he, at all, but he was one of my favorite no. parts. No. I mean, like, he was pretty inconsequential to the plot, but he, he was fun. Yeah, like, as far as characters, he was one of the most fun characters to watch on screen. No, he was good. Denny from um, Letterkenny was in this briefly and got got, but, you know, that's fine. Okay, we're really done yeah. now. You're done. Bye. Turn off the thing. <laughs>